hello again. Pardon me while I bring up some sermon notes. It's easier when I just had paper, I think. You ever find that to be the case? Oh, I was looking in, in, so I was preparing this message. I was thinking about the Lord constantly in, in the Old Testament and probably in the New Testament with the disciples too, constantly telling them to remember things. Does anyone have a hard time with remembering things sometimes? <laughs> Scott, one more year. It's January. You're going to have a harder time, apparently. I, it's like, I don't know what it is. It's like the garage effect. Does anyone have the garage effect? Like It doesn't matter how old you are. You walk into the garage, you step out, you walk in there, and then does anyone besides me just kind of stand there for a minute and go, <laughs> why am I out here? And I'll walk back in, and I've actually done this, I walk back in and go, okay, and then I walk back in. Oh, that's right, and then, like, I don't know, it's getting worse, but... There's this effect in our lives where we just kind of just forget things. And it seems like I was reading the Bible and just thinking about God. I've been reading through Exodus. And, um, and it's just he, God himself speaks from the mountains. says, don't have any other idols or carven images. And then they go and they make a golden calf while Moses is up on the mountain. And Moses says, how did this happen? And I love Aaron's response. I don't know. I just I threw gold in the fire and it's boop, calf popped out. And um, well, what is that? Like, oh, we forgot. We forgot God just told us that. If you have God's voice thundering from a mountain, I, that's memorable to me in my life. But they just forgot. Like, so he would tell them things, and then they would forget them constantly, constantly. They'd forget them. But uh, as we read the Bible, like I read this, and I'm thinking, how in the world can you forget um, I try not to be too hard on them because I, I realize that I have the same kind of amnesia sometimes when it comes to what God's done in my life. And, uh, and, and there's a remembering that God wants us to, to have in our lives. And so this message is called Remember. And we're, we're, we're walking through this Jericho Must Fall series. So we, we left um, off last week when they, were, when they were on the Jordan River and they had just passed, they had just passed by. And God has called them today to this place where he wants them to remember what he's just done. Because when we remember what God's done, it doesn't just affect me, it affects others around me. It, it influences situations in my life. It influences hardships. It mountains that you face. It influences those things. And in this year, our theme has been move mountains. That we believe that God is going to move big things in our life. And, and some of you are, are maybe upset with me that that's our theme because it's kind of like when you pray for patience and then you get an opportunity to have it and you're like, thanks, Pastor Brad, for Move Mountains. I didn't know, now I have a mountain in my way. But we have the faith to believe that God's going to move that, that thing. And this mountain was the walls of Jericho here in our story in Joshua. The walls of Jericho was this mountain. It was this thing in the way. It was this thick, fortified city standing in the way of the promise of God. And if the Israelites were going to see the goodness of God, the goodness, the full promises of God, do you, do you guys want that in your life? The goodness, the full promises of God, like everything he said to have, Jericho must fall. And so we pick up and we see Israel has just crossed the Jordan River. The priests stepped into the water. They went all in. They stepped in and they committed fully to it. 
and that with the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, and the water stopped flowing, and the people crossed on dry ground. So we pick up continuing Joshua chapter 4 as a continuation of that account. And so we're going to go to Joshua 4 uh, verse 1, and you can follow along in your Bibles. You can follow along on the screen. You can follow along in our church app, Abundant Life Ordering. We've got notes that you can fill in blanks and take notes, your own notes there as well. It says here, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel. Now, we'll pause there. 8 through uh, 18, we then get a, a description, a detailed description of this event happening. The 12 men go into the river that is now dry. They pick up stones. And, and then he tells the priests, go ahead and come out of the water now, once the stones have been collected. And then the river goes right back to its regular flow. And then it says that people think Joshua is awesome and everybody's happy. That's what happens here in these verses. You can go read them this week. But then in 19, we get the shorter version, which is just a recap of the whole event. And it says here, let's pick up there, on the 10th day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. There's some truths here that we see in chapter 4 that I, I believe if we apply these to our lives, then as we go to face Jericho, as we go to face things in our life, Doing what Joshua did here, doing what the Israelites did. This, this was, now I'm not asking you to go uh, wade down in the Carbon River, the Puyallup River, get some scuba gear on and go find some rocks, okay? This, remember, the river was dry at this point. But there is a memorial, there is something to remember that God has for us. And so the, the first thing we want to look at in verse 6 and 7 is, is God tells them very clearly, I want you to mark this memory. I want you to mark this memory in your life, that this is something that you won't forget, that it's not just an event that happened. Some of you have had some great events happen in your life, just fun events, but they happened so long ago that you're like, I, I'm kind of fuzzy on the details. That's why fish stories get bigger as time goes on. Like, I think what should happen with fish stories is we should require fishermen to write the story out right away so that 20 years later, the fish is still the size it was when it was caught, Okay. Anyway, so that's not fun? Okay, it gets more fun. All right, the older you get, the more you can exaggerate. But, but we have these things, but we get fuzzy on the details. 
And so he says, I want you to remember, I want you to mark the memory. And this was the primary purpose we see in verse 6 and 7, is that God told Joshua that the primary purpose of the monument was to be a sign, a memorial to the people of Israel forever. And we too need to mark the memories of what God has done in our lives. I believe that God would want us and desires us and asks us to do the same thing, that it will, I, I promise you, it will build your faith in your life if you would mark the memory, to commit ourselves to remembering. Now, what does that look like? Do, do, if you want to remember, and it's easy now because if you want to remember an appointment that you have in two months, you just pull out your phone, you press the talk button, and you say, add to my calendar, and you just put it on there. Some of you don't do that. And they're like, what, that's a thing? It's a thing. All right. It's not, <laughs> you can just do it. All right. But we just use, I, I use, I use when, I was, when I was younger, I would be asked to do things at work, and I'd have little index cards in my pocket, and someone would ask me to do something, and immediately I'd get it out and I'd write it down. Because I knew that in the busyness of the workplace that it was going to be forgotten. So I'd always write it down. Now I just use my phone. I get out my phone. I get out my notes app and I just write it all down. Because I want to remember what I was told. But when it comes to the things of the Lord, I feel like we pray and we pray and we pray and then God answers prayer and then we celebrate. Hopefully we say praise you and thank God that our prayer shouldn't just be God help me, but God thank you for helping me. But then as God works in our lives, what are we doing to remember those things? What are we doing? We, we remember big things, but what about the little things that God has done? And that could look like a journal, a display, a photo album, whatever. Remember, remember those photo albums? Remember a photo album? You, you, used to, you used to be able to go to someone's house and you used to go in and sit in their family room, and on their coffee table, there'd be a book, and it would open up, and you'd see all their wedding photos, or all of their kids, like little kids' photos, right? Do you remember those days? Anyone remember those days? And you could walk in, and what would happen? You, you, your kids would someday, when they get older, open up the book, and they'd go, wow, mom, dad, you looked like this. And my kids are like, dad, were you 12 when you got married? And so, like, you know, it's like, I, <laughs> no facial hair, uh, baby face. So you, you look at these pictures, and there's a memory that sparked in your mind. But we've kind of eliminated those mechanisms really in our society. We rely on Facebook to say, seven years ago, there's the memory that comes up. But if you're like me and don't post anything on Facebook ever, then you don't get those memories. But there's, there used to be this way where we could remember, and there was such a value, I believe, in looking back and remembering what it is that has happened in our lives. What about the things that God's done? I don't, have you ever been in a, sitting, a setting, maybe it was a church setting, some type of group setting, ministry setting, where the, the leader, of, the worship leader says, I want you to just take, you know, five minutes and just declare out everything God has done that's good in your life. And 30 seconds goes by and you're like, I don't know what else to say. Like I ran out. Like I just... I said, God, I remembered this, I remembered you did that, and God, you're good at this. And you just kind of ran out of things to praise God for. I'm in the same boat. That happens to me too. Like I just, I, I can praise God, but there, if, if someone says, just praise God for everything he's done, take several minutes of prayer. My prayer time, I'll take a few seconds of remember what God's done, and then I get right back to the prayer request, right? <laughs> But what if I could just pull out my notes app on my phone and say, God, there's some things that I want to thank you for and start going through a list that's like 15 minutes long because I've been building it for the last 10 years. 
Like what would happen if we had a notebook that we could pull out and someone could say, I'm really struggling. I just don't feel like God can come through and say, hold on, let me turn to this page. Let me tell you a story of what God's done in my life. What if we had something to remember it by? I don't think we run out of things to say because God hasn't done very much in our lives. I think we run out because we don't have memorials. We haven't committed to remembering. And friends, we cannot afford to forget. In the times in which we live, in these difficult times, in these trying times, in these challenging times, where we live in a place where we look back and we say, this great Christian nation of the Lord, I don't know that we can say that real easily anymore. If we would think about those who are committed to following God at all costs, we don't find as many people. And so we say this is what we stand for, this is what we believe, and we're rejected or we're persecuted or we're abandoned or whatever that looks like in our life. We've got to have some things to stand on, what God's done in our lives. Because in the hardest moments, in the places we're discouraged, when fear begins to attack in our lives, we're going through something and all of a sudden fear comes in like a flood. Maybe that's happened to you before, where you're just dealing with a situation and all of a sudden you have this thought and fear is triggered like, oh no. See, remembering what God has done will shift your perspective in those moments. Remembering what God has done shifts our perspective because we naturally tend to dwell on what is wrong. We dwell on what went wrong, but we've got to be purposeful about remembering what's right. This is some, for some reason, and, and, and whether you're an optimist or a pessimist, we fall into these traps in our life. You, someone could walk up to you and tell you nine great things that you just did and tell you one thing that you need to kind of work on and fix. And you aren't going to walk away. So you just like nine out of ten things are awesome. But you're going to walk away, most people with their head down, of like they think that I'm not very good at whatever. And that's kind of where we lean. And so we get into these hard situations and we've got to be purposeful about remembering what went right in our lives. If we could just dwell on what he's done, then we'll dwell on what he can do. If you would set your mind to what God has done, then your mind will be ready to be set on what God can do in your life. The writer of Psalm 77 was going through a challenging season. I believe this was written by Asaph. And he, he's got this situation where he's under distress. In, in this Psalm 77, he uses words like distress, faint, troubled. I groaned before the Lord. It was a hard season for him. It was a difficult season. Has anyone ever been through one of those seasons before? Would you say, yeah, I've been through it? Some of you are saying maybe right now is that season. But this, I love this Psalm 77, starting with verse 10. He says, then I thought. We just say, then I thought. Then I thought. You see, there's a shifting. There's something that's being remembered here. Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out His right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. You see, he shifted his perspective. 
He put his mind on different things. I love this. This is exactly how you go into these fights. This is how you deal with these times when you're down. Then I thought, to this I will appeal. To this time in my life when the Lord came through. I will remember this mighty thing that God did when I wasn't even expecting it. I'll remember this blessing that the Lord... I remember when my friend told me this story about how God miraculously healed and whatever it happens to be, our perspective needs to be shifted and set on different things. And he stopped dwelling on the problem and he reminded himself, this is what my God can do. You see, remembering what God has done strengthens our faith. It does something within us. It strengthens our faith so that when we're staring at the walls of Jericho, the walls of impossibility, when we are, when we are faced if Jericho's over here, and Jordan River's way over there, and they set up camp, and they walked all the way over, then, then there's, a, there's a moment where I just see, you know, look, let's, let's get up on to a high spot here, and, and let's look back, because Jericho feels big, but, but I can look way back there, and I can see that monument we built. I can see that memory. I can see that memorial to God, and I'm encouraged, and I'm strengthened, because I can have my faith built by what God has done, knowing that God can do it again. And we have these places, these monuments, these memories in our life. And a confidence will rise up in us because we have the God who stopped the river on our side. Some of you need to be able to open up some memory in your life and think about the times when you're facing difficult things that I can say, No, I have the God who saved my life on I-5 in my life. And I have that memory. I have that moment in my life that's a memorial that I can say, this is what I'm going through and I'm facing difficult things, but I've marked the memory. And I have something to pull up. We've got to get better at this. We've got to get better at this because I I, I believe that (laughs) it matters to our faith. But we can't just write it down. We can't just, we can't just make the photo album. You can still make photo albums. It's, they still make them. I know that seems weird and archaic, but they still, you can make digital ones too. But they still sell them. You can still get prints. It's still a thing. But I would encourage you to find a way. Find a way to mark the memory. Second thing we learn in verse 7 and verse 22, tell the testimony. Tell the testimony. We're going to remember what God has done, and we're going to tell the testimony. And recognize that the memorial is not just for me, it's so I can tell the testimony of God to others. The memory will build us, the memory will encourage us, but he says, in the future when your children ask, what do these stones mean, literally translated, what do these stones mean to you, tell them, he says. Tell them what they mean to you. Tell them what God did. In the future, he says in verse 22, when your descendants ask, tell them tell them. You ever seen an awesome trophy case before? You walk into a high school and they've got these trophy cases. They've got these, uh, yeah, outside in the hallway here, they've got this mural on the wall that you can kind of look back in history. Um, my son Levi, he's right here. He, he has on display in his room some trophies and some, some medals from football, powerlifting, soccer, the different sports that he played. And and so when I go in his room, I can kind of see the display. These are the this is the accolades. This is this is the medals. And when I when I see them, they bring up memories from that season or that event. 
And, and there's some like, oh, moments. I see the football trophy, and I remember the little fourth grader like running through the line for a touchdown and celebrating, doing a little dance in the end zone, and it was cute and all that. But then I see other ones, and I remember other things and other memories that are brought up. And there's this one, one in particular. It's, it's, it's a first place medal from last year from the state competition for uh, powerlifting, um, where, where he lifted first place, in powerlifting, he's a lot stronger than I am. Both of my sons are. That's right, I have bodyguards, so I don't, I don't, need, to, I don't need to lift weights myself. They've done it, so I just bring them with me. Um, but when I look at that medal, you know, I, I could have pride. Oh, look, my son has great things. But I look at that medal, and it's a memorial to me. That medal means something deeper to me. It reminds me that he almost lost his... He could have. He didn't lost his life in a car accident just a few months before that event. And that he had to, that God miraculously spared his life. And it reminds me that he prayed and asked God for strength and God recovered him and God strengthened him. And he went on from missing a meet to working his way back up and winning. And it reminds me of the goodness of God that I get to look at my son in the eyes and he's still here. It's a memorial. It's a trophy case that says, God, you did something amazing. And so there's a deeper significance to me in my life. And so it's an opportunity, though, too. It's an opportunity. I, I wanna, I'll just talk to myself. I want to encourage you, son, in your life to find moments to put that thing around your neck and have people ask you what that means to you. And you get to tell the testimony. Tell the testimony of God's goodness in our lives. What do we have? What are we doing to tell the testimony of God? Let's start building some testimony trophy cases. I mean, how cool would that be? Just dedicate a wall in your house and start making a mural. We're writing stuff on the wall, printing up some photos, whatever that is. Let's start building some trophy cases to the Lord. I, I think this is such a cool idea. I want to do this in our house somehow, okay? I want to like figure out a way. <laughs> We're having just some family moments this morning. Just bear with me. Like, I, want, I want to build some kind of a trophy case to the Lord. That we put some things in there. You know, it could just be a, a memory box. It could be lots of things, but something that we can tangibly look at and touch and say, this represents a story of what God has done. God told Joshua, I want you to build this because this monument, this memory is a marker and it is evidence where you can, when someone sees it, you can say, there's a story there. There is a story there. A display of God's goodness, a conversation piece to tell the testimony. Church, don't be ashamed to show off what God has done in your life. Don't, don't be ashamed. Does anyone know your stories? I think there's so many people here that no one really knows your stories. Some of you that are in the summit generation, you have stories that we need to hear. And you, you've said to yourself, well, those were, the, those were different days. Those were other times. When I was young, God did this. Tell your stories. Please tell your stories to your grandchildren. Please tell your stories. Please tell more than just your stories of your vacations and your trips and your outings. Please tell your stories of what God done, has done in your life. Tell your stories. Tell your stories to the next generation. Go serve in our kids' ministry and sit with kids and tell your stories. 
Go serve in our youth ministry. Build relationships with the next generation and say, I want to tell you what God's done in my life. God has done great things and the story needs to be told. Psalm 78, 4 says, We will not hide them from our children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power and wonders He has done. So let's start talking about it. Let's start talking about it. We talk a lot in our home about what God has done. It's a really normal part of our home, talking about what God has done. And we try to take opportunities, Bethany and I try to take opportunities just to point to God's goodness. When there's a blessing or when there's a breakthrough, when there's a miracle, there's a reminder, and we like to just talk about what God's done in our lives. Because we have to do more, I believe, in our homes than just teach godly principles. We need to do that too. It's one thing to open up and say, kids, I want you to understand the Bible. I want you to know the stories of God's Word. I want you to know the, the, who God is. I want you to see His Word. I want this to be a foundational piece in your life. That is critical. That is important. And we need to teach the principles of God's Word. But we've also got to tell the stories. We've got to begin to tell the testimonies in our home. We need God's stories to be in our minds and in our children's minds. They need to be in their minds. I want my kids to grow up remembering like, oh man, my parents used to tell all these stories about what God had done in their lives. They told us about the stories of how the, the miracles of our births and our lives and, and we talk about these things. Start talking about your testimonies in your homes. I mean, maybe your kids may not even know. Some of you are like, I'm afraid to tell my kid my testimony because I want them to just stay pure following the Lord. And if I, if, if I tell them what my 18, 19, and 20-year-old years looked like, I didn't say share all the details, <laughs> but there is a testimony that you may have in your life. And that testimony, I believe, is important to the next generation to see how God pulled you out of the pit, to see how God rescued you from it, a situation that was destructive, to see how God saved you from yourself. Tell the stories. Tell the stories. Think about how old your kids are and think about how many details they need. Four-year-olds don't need all the details. <laughs> in fact, they don't need very many at all. <laughs> when they're 18, then you can go into some more detail. But begin to tell the stories of God's works in your life. Because your story, your testimony, I believe, could be a lifeline for someone else. I believe that your story, your testimony, could be the lifeline that someone needs a lifeline that meets them in their place of discouragement, where they, they're dealing with some things in their life. Some of you have had this happen in your own lives, where you're going through some things and you just kind of have a chance encounter with someone. You see an old friend and you say, how's it going? And they tell you their story and you, you realize in that moment, man, I am so encouraged. I needed to hear. Did anyone have those moments where you're saying, I needed to hear that today? I needed to hear that today. Well, we've got to do more than just hear. We also have to be the ones to talk. We have to be the ones to, be, to begin to be that for someone else, to be a lifeline for someone else in their place of hopelessness, in their place of wondering if God can come through. They need to hear your story because your testimony is a display of God's power that's at work in your life. And that's the final piece that I want to look at in, in verse 24. He says, He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. 
You see, telling a testimony is good, but we can't just tell a story and, and kind of make it seem like, look how awesome I am. <laughs> God saved me. That's good, but we've got to make sure we point to his power. Point to his power. He doesn't just call us to build a memorial for ourselves or for our children. He wants to use our stories to reach a lost world to use our stories to reach a lost world. It says he did this so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. This is more than a story about something good that happened in my life. It's a story of God's power at work in my life. It's less about me. It's less about my situation. And it's more about what God has done through the situation. That's the way to tell the stories. And we forget, I think, sometimes to point to his power because, well, we haven't marked the memory, so it's just another story. But when we point to his power, we display the goodness of God to the world. They get to see his goodness. Don't miss an opportunity to point to the power of God at work in your life. Get out memorials. Start working on your testimonies. If you have a testimony in your life and you've never written it down, if you have never taken the moment, the time to write out your testimony, the way that God saved you. Now, that could be the time you came to salvation. It could be another time where God rescued you. But I believe we need to start writing out a testimony. Begin to journal that down. Begin to take a moment when someone says, what's your testimony? You say, you know, I actually have written this out. I've thought through it. That you're prepared. Because the Bible tells us we've got to be ready at all times to point to God's power. In 1 Peter 3.15, he says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Does anyone besides me have hope today? I hope you have some hope in this room because of the God that you serve. But you've got to be ready to give an answer for that hope. You've got to be ready. So we we can do this really simply. Some of you are like, I don't know how to go be an evangelist. I don't know how to, to preach the gospel. I don't know how to tell someone about who Jesus is. Well, you should learn that. That's important to know. But if you don't, just start here. Start telling your story about what God's done. Start telling the stories about how God's come through. Start telling your story about how he changed your life, how he shifted you from a place of sorrow to a place of joy. Start sharing your story about the times when you were in a depression and there was seen to be no way out, but God met you in that place and gave you a different perspective, gave you a new identity, called you by name, and you were never the same. Begin to tell those kind of stories. But you're not going to be able to tell them if you can't remember them. If you can't remember them. And I was thinking about Josh when I was wondering in his life and in his leadership, because he was a leader for many years. And after they had conquered Jericho and were in the promised land, I just wonder, because I, if, if Josh was anything like me, you're getting in these places of leadership and you're, you're just kind of like, I don't know what to do with this situation. I'm overwhelmed. Everybody's got problems and everybody needs help. And I wonder if there were times where Joshua just took a walk. Said, God, God, remember this? Remember when you told me to build this? I need you to come and strengthen me again today. Because God, I'm weary. God, I just needed to come back and I needed to just look at this thing that I built. And remember that, God, everything I'm going to is nothing compared to what you can do. God, you dried up the river. And it wasn't just because it was an environmental drought. As soon as we got off the other side, it came rushing again. I know it was your hand, God. 
I can't question that. I know it was your hand. Because when you're facing Jericho, there's times of discouragement. When you're facing Jericho, there's times where your faith is just on the edge going, man, I don't know. You've got to remember the God that brought you through the flood. You've got to remember the God who has done it before. Will you stand with me today? I want to pray with you. As we close our service this morning. Some of you, I believe, are in a place today where you're just, like, I'm in that place where I'm just discouraged, I'm hopeless. So much so that I I can't even start to remember what God's done in my life. I'm not there. Like some of you are just saying, I don't want to think about how good God is. I'm upset with Him right now. I want you to really be purposeful. This is a very practical application message about beginning. If you don't, if you want to go back and think of some stories, do that. But I want to challenge you today. Start today. It, you might not have a note. Everybody, in, does anyone have a cell phone here? Is there anyone that has a cell phone? Okay, so you all have an ability to get out an, a, a notes app. There's no one has an excuse. You might not have a journal, but you got something. That's just one tool. You got something. Start today. Start writing down. When God does something, big or small, start writing it down. Start remembering the good things that God has done. But if you're in a place today where you are in a place of discouragement, you're in a place of hopelessness, you're in a place of, I can't see, I can't even... I can't even remember the Jordan River in my life because it feels like it was so long ago and I feel like I've been so such a struggle for so long. And we want to pray with you today. We have, we have prayer partners that are going to be up front here in the end and we want you to be able to come up here and we can stand with you and we can pray with you and we can encourage your faith and we can help you break free of that place of discouragement. Break free from that place where you just feel like there's no way. I want to pray for you this morning. And, and as, I, as I pray, as we just close our eyes, could you just close your eyes and pray? If you're in that place where you just need, say, I need prayer today, I'm discouraged, will you just come forward now? We just come forward and let's, let's, let's be real and let's understand that we have the opportunity to just partner together and be encouraged and see God revive our hearts. But Lord, I pray right now for your people, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that you would set us free from garage syndrome when it comes to your greatness, God. God, I pray that you would help each one of us find our own creative ways to begin to remember what you have done. God, we want to remember what you've done. God, would you, would you just remind us this week? Don't let us off the hook, Lord. Remind us this week. I want you to remember what I've done. God, I pray that you would encourage us today, Lord God, to begin to tell the testimony, to point to your power, to begin to tell the stories of your goodness in our life, that our conversations would go beyond just how the Seahawks are doing or how the Mariners are doing or how the election went. Please let us go deeper than that, Lord. That when we are in relationship with one another, we're telling God's stories. We're telling the amazing things that God has done. 
So Lord God, I pray that, that today, Lord God, even you would bring to mind right now in this moment, Lord God, your goodness and what you've done in our lives, Lord God, so that we can begin to tell the next generation. There is a generation, Lord, that is coming. Lord, we see there is a generation that's raised up that have never heard the name of Jesus. Lord, there is a generation being raised right now in a godless society. Lord, there is a generation being raised up, Lord God, that, that hasn't heard a story of God's goodness, Lord. Let us not let the stories go with us, but let us tell the things that you've done to the next generation, Lord God. You have called us, Lord God, to begin to tell those stories to the next generation. So, Lord God, we hear your word and we heed your word today. Lord, give us the courage. Give us the words. Give us the memories, Lord God, to tell your story. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like prayer, come on up. We're going to sing. The worship team is going to lead us in this chorus this morning.